Welcome back. Today, we are having a conversation about Britney Spears ahead of her big court hearing on September 29th that is happening at 1.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time at the Stanley Moss Courthouse in downtown Los Angeles. I am, ah, I don't want to say excited. It's not the right word. I have a lot of anticipation and kind of nervousness around this particular court date. I think there's high expectations, and I'll talk about that. There's a lot on the docket for the court to handle. I don't think they'll get to all of it. And I will tell you kind of my thoughts from going through the probate notes, what I think may or may not happen at this court date, what's on the docket, and what's leading up to it in kind of a summary. If you have not kept up with every nitty-gritty detail of the Britney Spears conservatorship case, today's episode is for you. I'm also going to give you some of my thoughts, takeaways, and um, moments from the controlling Britney Spears documentary that was just released on Netflix, a follow-up to framing Britney Spears with people who had the courage to come forward and share what they witnessed and observed. Going against um, a machine like this conservatorship seems to be scary for many, and I can understand why. So we have a lot to talk about today, and we should just get into it. But before we do, I want to say a huge thank you, Lawners, for those of you that listen and watch on YouTube. The podcast is now charting um, top five in a lot of countries in the news entertainment or entertainment news category on Apple Podcasts. That is such a huge honor and I am so thankful that you're listening. So I see you charting in Sweden and Australia and Great Britain and and uh, Canada and in the US, we hit number six. It's just incredible that this podcast helps bring the legal to the really the entertainment and pop culture that we all want to talk about. Sometimes the news, sometimes the, the news news uh, as well, but it just is my pleasure. It's just my greatest pleasure. So we should we should jump into it. We should, we should just jump into it. Hey there. Welcome to The Emily Show. I'm your host, Emily D. Baker, badass lawyer and everyone's favorite legal commentator, breaking down the legal shit in the news and pop culture stories you want to talk about. I've been a licensed attorney for over 15 years. I'm a former prosecutor, and I'm a big fan of the cursey words. So let's break it down. You know, we start with quotes around here, but today I'm going to share some of your reviews of the podcast as well. It really does help the podcast get discovered the same way engaging with a video on YouTube helps that video do well on YouTube. So as a thank you for your support of me and the show, I like to share some of the different reviews, comments that you leave on Apple Podcasts because I can see the international ones as well. You all can only see the ones in your individual country. So I like to share them. Um, from Casey in Sweden, thank you for the five-star review that said, amazing, as entertaining, as informative, love the energy and loose use, use of language. Easy for you to say, <laughs> hard for me to say, apparently. Good Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you for such a kind um, review. And then one from the U.S. comes from DS Shopper 63 on Apple Podcasts, a five-star review that says, amazing, stumbled upon this podcast via an IG referral. Go Instagram. If you guys don't follow me on Instagram, it's at the Emily D. Baker. That's where the faster breaking news happens. I'll tell you about that in a minute. 
and then says, wow, so interesting to keep up with what is going on in the pop culture world relative to legal issues. And Lord knows right now we have more than we can understand and keep up with truth, i.e. Spears, Cosby, Girardi, to name a few. Her podcast breaks it down in the most layman's terms, short, sweet, and to the point sometimes. (laughs) If I watched YouTube, hers would be my jam, but not a YouTuber. Fair enough. Keep it up. So happy I found this jewel. Well, thank you so much for the kind words, and I am happy to be here. So for our final quote, as we jump into it, it comes from the woman herself, Miss Britney Spears. I don't want to be so damn protected. If you go back and listen to Overprotected, I think the lyrics are going to hit a little close after watching Controlling Britney Spears. And I will say, between the time I'm recording this and the time that this goes live, I anticipate more could happen in court and more documents could be filed leading up to this court date on the 29th, Wednesday. So if you are following me on social media at the Emily D. Baker or in the text crew, textemily.com, you will get that information as I am breaking down that information. I'm going to be traveling during this, so I will not be on the YouTubes as quickly as I normally am, but will definitely be on Twitter and Instagram, so follow me there. There is so much pending for the 29th, and as we run up to that, I think it's really important to talk about what we learned from controlling Britney Spears. This is a second part, again, to Framing Britney Spears, put out on Netflix, with the New York Times investigative reporting. And those who were there coming forward to share their stories, particularly Alex Valsov, who was one of the contractors with Black Box Security, Britney's security detail. He worked with them for nine years and brought forth not just documents, but also uh, text messages, emails, audio recordings, and really broke through the inside of what was going on. Now, it's so interesting because the name Black Box immediately struck in my memory because what we saw when Jody Montgomery was asking the conservatorship to pay for her security is um, this back and forth between Jamie Spears' legal team and Jody Montgomery, the temporary conservator of the estate, talking about in-home security with a estimate of $25,000 for two weeks of security. And it was going back and forth talking about the same individual that then is being referenced by the individual who spoke in the documentary. So Alex was talking about Adnan, uh, Eden, (laughs) me getting it totally wrong, Eden, E-D-E-N. But we see in emails attached to Jody Montgomery's motion for security conversations about Black Box and Edan. And I'm going to share those if you're watching the video version. You will get to see them in a minute as we talk about them. So the motion I am talking about was filed on July 7th, 2021, uh, ahead of the July 14th court date, but during the fallout from Britney's explosive testimony on June 23rd that is bringing all of this to light. And I'll talk about my thoughts on that in a minute. But what we saw in this was a BBX quote for residential security services. The email says, Dear Jody and Jamie, per your conversation with Edan, E-D-A-N, please find your quote for residential security service below. And it talks about the agents of $65 an hour, 24-7 security, 
at over $1,800 a day for 14 days being over $25,000. It talks about the terms of service and goes into the information a bit, the cancellation policy, and then has black box securities information. And then there's more emails back and forth from Michael Kane saying, Jody, just want to give you a quick update. Your safety is power of paramount importance. And in reviewing your request, it wasn't clear to me if you have notified law enforcement. They're talking about whether the uh, whether the conservatorship will pay for this. And it is indicated that Black Box is also the security that James Spears uses, I imagine, at the expense of the conservatorship, right? So Black Box security is getting paid by the conservatorship for James's security, it seems, from court documents. For Britney's security, it's clear from the um, from the records that we've seen. And if they're charging $25,000 for two weeks, so Britney could be paying hundreds of thousands of dollars a month for security for not just herself, but for her father, which uh, really struck me. So when we first saw them talking about Black Box, I was like, oh, wait a second. This has been in court documents as recently as July of this year. Now, Alex Valsov definitely indicated he was nervous to talk about this, was nervous to sit down and put things on the record, and I can understand why. The things that were going on with Britney's security team were unethical, definitely seem like some of the things might have been illegal. We don't know what the court knew because so many of the documents are still sealed. And he really laid out that Britney's communications were monitored 24-7, which we've heard from others, that there was a recording device and multiple recording devices in her home, but also in her bedroom, that her security acted more like prison guards. And uh, Alex said in the documentary, it reminded me of how somebody is that's in prison, essentially, and security were the prison guards. And they vetted everything. And security, again, was working for the conservatorship, not for Britney. They were working for James Spears. And it really reminds me of watching people be isolated when they are abused so that they have no one else turned to. And the only person that is left there with them is the person that's abusing them. That's how all of this felt to me watching it from the outside with how much it seems that the conservatorship used the security team to isolate her. But it wasn't just that in controlling Britney Spears. It wasn't just the recording that seems, you know, illegal, but it was also the leaked court documents that the New York Times again got a hold of. And I do have to say I'm of two minds on some of this. The lawyer side of me is like, court documents are under seal for a reason and they should be sealed. And then the other side of me is like, but what's done in the dark needs to come to light. And some of these court documents show Brittany crying for help and no one listening to her. And while I think the appropriate place for that to get vetted is with her court appointed counsel that has finally been appointed, I also can't help but wonder if the June 23rd court hearing wasn't in Brittany's own words made public worldwide, would we be seeing people coming forward and talking about this? Would we be seeing the court finally acquiescing and letting Brittany hire her own attorney? Would we be seeing the beginning of the end of this conservatorship? Because if Brittany had made that impassioned plea to the court 
And it was only heard by the lawyers and the judge, would we be here? Which is also where I'm torn on the June 23rd hearing, because again, that audio was illegally recorded, illegally re-uploaded. It violated not only the court order, but also the use of the website and things like that. But if that wasn't done, would we be here? So it's kind of a means to an end. And like the black and white lawyer side of me is like, it shouldn't have been recorded. It shouldn't have been restreamed. It shouldn't have been re-uploaded. But also once the shit's out of the horse, Brittany's words are going to be what sets her free. And that's a really necessary and powerful thing. So I'll leave you to decide on like, do the ends justify the means in this one? Um, because at the end of the day, it's the copyright of the court. I'm I'm wondering what went on with the lawyers at the New York Times to uh, air that audio and, and to have that audio aired. I wonder if the court ever filed the copyright of that audio because the court, you know, put it through their remote audio uh, access program, which they shut down after that court hearing, which means other things that come from those hearings will either, if we get transcripts that aren't sealed, will come in transcript, but you don't connect with a transcript the same way you connect to someone who's speaking live, especially when they are pleading for their freedom, for their humanity, and for their release from an abusive uh, conservatorship. Though I do believe with Rosengart, now Brittany's lawyer, I think that she has another voice in court and down the road. I wonder if we'll see him talking about more of these things in interviews. I doubt it. Um, seeing how heavily he's slamming dad Spears's use of funds for media matters. He makes very succinct statements um, when asked for statements and he leaves the rest of the talking to his court documents. And we'll get to those in a minute as the documents that are leading up to this hearing on the 29th. But after we saw the, um, breakdown in controlling Britney Spears of a 2016 probate investigators report well saw heard um it was stunning to me that in that probate investigator report the probate investigator um commended the conservatorship for kind of stabilizing or writing the ship but also said Britney feels that this is abusive. Britney feels that she's being watched. Britney wants the conservatorship to end. So we now have documents that were previously, well, that are still sealed, but are now accessed and, and the information contained therein has been made public. But we now know that in 2016, Britney was asking for this to end. In 2016, the probate investigator said that there needs to be a path for Britney to get out of the restrictive level of the conservatorship and said in that document that Britney needs to feel safe and supported, not kind of subjugated to the conservatorship. And it seems that no one listened. Britney's attorney, Sam Ingham, didn't make a motion to replace Jamie as the co-cons or as the conservator of the estate until 2020. Like, why did it take so long to ask to get rid of him, even though we know that the court ultimately granted Bessemer Trust to come in just as the co-conservator? But the request from Sam Ingham was that Bessemer come in and that James Spears be removed from the conservatorship immediately upon the appointing of Bessemer. And the language used in the documents that are public, because some of them seem to have been filed under seal in August 2020, per a request by James Spears' legal team, what Sam Ingham said in his November 3rd petition to appoint Bessemer was that 
quote, suspending James immediately upon appointment of Bessemer Trust as sole conservator of Britney's estate and asking the court to direct James Spears, TriStar, and Michael Kane to deliver the entire conservatorship estate together with all books and records forthwith to Bessemer Trust as sole conservator of the estate. We know that Michael has already resigned from the, you know, business manager position. TriStar has already quit. So this is looking back in time, um, you know, <laughs> over uh, almost a year ago in all of this going on. But then the court at that November hearing appointed Bessemer as co-conservator, did not remove James Spears. But in light of at least a report going back to 2016, and I imagine subsequent reports since then, you've got Brittany saying that this feels abusive. They used the word subjugated. Like, it, the court's aware. And so for then the court to say, oh, no, we're not removing him. We're going to have this um, transition period and we're going to make them co-conservators. At the time, I was like, okay, I see where the court's going with this. I understand why the court wants to turn books over to Bessemer. They don't want the any financial damage from removing James Spears. Um, they don't want there to be kind of a, a dropping the ball in transitioning this very large $65 million plus dollar estate, which could be larger, I think, and we'll see what comes of that in the future. But I understood the court's reasoning in light of this new unsealed document, in light now of what Brittany said on June 23rd, I can't understand it. And I don't have patience for it anymore. It made sense when I had the information that I have, but now there's new information and it doesn't make as much sense to me anymore because the court knows that Brittany's been begging for her freedom and at least removing James Spears and appointing a successor conservator to the estate would have made her feel maybe a little less subjugated to this conservatorship. And the court denied that request. Well, that request is coming up again on the 29th the day that this episode gets released. More might happen between now and then, but we'll see. Now, the New York Times asked everyone involved for comment. The comment from Dad Spears' attorney in regards to the request from the New York Times was, quote, all of his actions, Dad Spears, were well within the parameters of the authority conferred upon him by the court. His actions were done with the knowledge and consent of Brittany, her court-appointed attorney, and or the court. Jamie's record as conservator and the court's approval of his actions speak for themselves. The court needs to start speaking up about the approval of his actions. And I want to know if all of the recording and monitoring was court approved, because if it was, then why is security coming to Alex, who spoke to the New York Times and saying, you need to delete this 180 hours of audio recording that we've taken from Britney Spears's bedroom? Why are they monitoring her phone? Why did her attorney, Sam Ingham, reach out to Dad Spears' attorneys and say, I need you to confirm for me that you are not monitoring Britney's communications, including her communications with her lawyer? And it seemed that the response from James Spears' lawyer is, we can assure you that James Spears has no access. And we know that that's a lie. So we know that her conversations with her attorney were not private, that none of her conversations were private. I believe based on everything that I've seen, it's my opinion that the conservatorship probably used that insight into her conversations to gaslight Brittany into feeling like she was being watched all the time. She felt she was being watched and they're like, no, nobody's watching you. How does that not drive somebody absolutely 
crazy when you're being told that the reality you're experiencing is not the reality. When you're saying, no, this is what's happening. And people are like, no, it's not happening. It would make anyone, it would make anyone feel that they were losing their grip on reality. And the fact that Britney has survived this conservatorship in light of the things that keep coming out is stunning to me. And I think is a testament for her strength of spirit, but also how just abusive this conservatorship seems to have become. And the more information that comes out, the more angry I am getting. And I have been very slow to judge. I have been slow to call out the court and the lawyers. I'm like, look, if this was if if this was approved by the court and everybody knew what was going on, fine. But now we know as of 2016, Britney was saying this isn't okay. I mean, hell, we know from the year after the conservatorship when Britney was doing that documentary that was pulled down all over the place, but the New York Times had clips of that she was talking about how hard it was. It's just staggering. They also reached out to Britney's attorney and asked for a statement. And I'm just reading this as a direct quote. His statement was. Any unauthorized interception or monitoring of Britney's communications, especially attorney-client communications, which are (laughs) sacrosanct, I can't pronounce that word at all, sacrosanct, words that are hard, (laughs) sacrosanct, which are a sacrosanct part of the legal system, would represent a shameful violation of her privacy rights and a striking example of the deprivation of her civil liberties. Placing a listening device in Britney's bedroom would be particularly inexcusable and disgraceful and corroborates so much of her compelling, poignant testimony. Rosengart finished his quote by saying, these actions must be fully and aggressively investigated. Agreed. And this is stepping into the realm of criminal investigation and perhaps the evidence that Alex has held on to um, will help forward a criminal investigation into what in the ever-loving fuck has happened here. I think that controlling Britney Spears brought to light what the Britney Spears, the Free Britney movement has been saying for so long and really validated a lot of their suspicions. This is not just internet conspiracy theories. This is those who can see kind of behind it saying, we think this is what's going on. And now we're seeing evidence that in fact, some of the things people were most concerned about, particularly the monitoring of her communications were absolutely true. And it's inexcusable that she had no ability to take up for herself. And then in you know, you saw the interviews with those who had worked on her tour, the people who were close to her and friendly with her being removed to the point where her costuming uh, manager and director for tour engraved the her phone number on the back of a necklace so Brittany would have access to reach out if she needed it. That shows you how much of an abusive relationship this was where people are trying to slip Brittany information like to call if she needed help, but even if she called, that would have been monitored and they would have known and shut it down. And that is how they kept control of Britney for over 13 years. And it is staggering. And hopefully on the 29th, it will be the last time that her dad is in charge of her money. Now, there are numerous things pending the 29th. I'm going to tell you what's pending, give you a little bit of background on those things, in summary, because the point of this episode is to be a summary, not to be a a deep dive and an Emily ranting about the fuckery of it all. But there is definitely fuckery here. The thing is, I 
I really am encouraged by the legal work I'm seeing from uh, Matthew Rosengard and his legal team and kind of their dogged eye on the prize focus on step one, remove James Spears. Step two, investigate what the fuck is going on. Step three, get Brittany out of this conservatorship. And I think that's the path we're going to see this take. And I've been saying it for pro- at least a year now. I think the primary thing that needs to happen in this conservatorship is that someone else needs to come in and look at the books because the money stuff is easy to trace if things happen. I mean, not easy. <laughs> Forensic accounting is not easy, but it will. there will always be a trail with some of that and you will be able to see exactly what Dad Spears has been up to. But also, um, as has been discussed on Twitter over the last few days, the attorney-client privilege to the fiduciary that is the uh, conservator, James Spears, follows with his position of power, the position of conservator of the estate, not James Spears as an individual, which means all of his attorney-client communications will also be available to the successor conservator, making them then potentially available to Matthew Rosengart and an investigative team. And that is a very promising thing. I think it might take some time before everything comes to light, but I'm also very encouraged by the fact that a successor conservator will have access to quite a lot of information. So what is pending for the afternoon of the 29th? Well, the 12th motherfucking accounting is still pending. What's the 12th accounting, Emily? Well, the 12th goddamn accounting is the one where (laughs) they're asking for the $500,000 plus to Holland and Knight and others for media matters. There's over a million dollars in legal fees outstanding. This accounting and the payment and clearing of this accounting has been pending since 2019 because this accounting, well, the end of 2019, because this accounting is for the 2019 year. It is 2021. There is still fighting over this accounting. When Dad Spears filed a petition to terminate and when he filed his first reply to Rosengart's petition to yeet him, <laughs> to suspend and terminate, but we say yeet over here because we're law nerds, but, because I like the I like the image of Dad Spears as the imposter from among us being hurled out of the spaceship and like tumbling through space. When I say yeet dad spears, I see him tumbling through space like an among us character. That is the visual that I have, which is why I say petition to yeet dad spears out of this conservatorship. But dad Spears' first reply was, yes, I will leave when the time is right. The accountings must be taken care of. And then in the petition to terminate that he filed at the beginning of September, it was yes, yes, yes. We should terminate the conservatorship. However, Dad Spears should not be discharged of his duty until the accountings are cleared. So the accountings are a big holdup. I don't think dick is going to happen with the accounting on the 29th. I think the 12th accounting is going to get put right over. I think there will be more objections to it. I think Rosengart wants a crack at some objections to it. Lynn Spears has made objections to it. Sam Ingham has already made objections to it. There's going to be fighting over these legal fees. I don't think any of the financial stuff is going to get done the 29th. There are bigger issues here. So I think the 12th accounting that's still pending is just going to get put over to a new court date. There's a petition for approval of fees to Associated Counsel for Conservatives. So that is legal fees for uh, not Holland and Knight, but one of the other firms from October 2020 to February 2021. There is a petition to fees to Holland and Knight. That is the, you know, millions in fees. There are some probate notes about that, that they are waiting for more information. Um, 
and that a fee request must be accompanied by a statement of facts, and that hasn't happened, and that 15 days notice is needed because additional fees were requested. So that's going to get put over because there wasn't a notice, a proper notice, and that will probably be fought over by Ingham as well. Good. Fight all the fees. Make, make Dad Spears pay for his own legal fees. There is a pending petition for approval of fees by Sam Ingham from the period of time from October 1st, 2018 to September 30th, 2019 for $338,000. The court is still waiting on itemized costs to be filed and for billing statements to be logged per the notes in the uh, the probate notes. I think that that's going to get put over to another date in the future. There is the petition for the removal of James Spears, which I think is going to be their main issue. There is now the successor temporary conservator of the estate that they are seeking to appoint, John Zabel. The other individual's name has been removed from being put forward by the conservatee, Brittany, who has the right to pick someone. She's had the right to pick her lawyer. She now has she has had the right to pick the people that are her conservators, and the court is obligated under the probate code to take her choice into consideration. There are probate notes from that talking about whether notice was given and whether a consent to act form was submitted by John Zabel. That consent to act can be submitted between now and then, and the notice has already been dealt with because the court issued a ruling on Friday, September 24th, that said that they were waiving notice because notice of the motion was given essentially in enough time. This is just changing out John Zabel, Jason Rubin for John Zabel, in who's nominated as the successor. There's also a probate note talking about the appointment of temporary conservator that says if removal is approved, it's okay to grant once notice is proper, the court has made a ruling that notice is proper. So the removal, there really isn't much standing in the way for it being removed. The fact that the probate note says it's okay to grant the removal if it's approved once notice is proper and notice is now proper. So to me, if they get the consent to act from John Zabel, it seems like the path procedurally is clear for the court to grant that particular motion. Now, with regard to the termination of the conservatorship, there's a motion pending for that as well that was filed by Dad Spears. It seemed more like a, a call your bluff kind of a motion, but also maybe it's because of that provision about the legal fees that Dad Spears know, or not the legal fees, the attorney-client communications, that if there's no conservator and there's no successor conservator, no one's going to get those documents. But if there is a successor conservator, they will have access to everything. This might be an end route to just be like, fine, shut it down. Because at the end of the petition for termination, what James Spears is asking for is termination of the conservatorship of the estate of Brittany Jean Spears, discharging James P. Spears as conservator of the estate upon settlement and approval of a final report and account by the court. He also asked for that with regard to the conservatorship of the person. That means there wouldn't be a successor conservator. James Spears would stay the conservator of the estate until the final accountings are done. They've been fighting over the 12th accounting for over a year. It could take a substantial amount of time before he's discharged. And wouldn't it be better to have a professional fiduciary in that position as they are trying to wind up this estate. And what we learned from Britney Spears' legal team's response to, well, 
to the motion to terminate, really, but it's their reply with regard to the motion to yeet. They said that they still want James Spears removed on the 29th, that they want the successor conservator appointed, and that they are looking towards submitting to the court a termination plan to terminate the conservatorship this fall. So tick-tock on the clock. We, we got to get going. But they address the court's concerns before the court even has to say it because the court is not going to ju- just end this conservatorship out cold on the 29th. I will be stunned, stunned and shocked if that happens. I don't see not even of a sliver of a fraction of a chance that this conservatorship is ending on the 29th. I am optimistic that the court will remove James Spears, appoint a temporary conservator, and that the books can start being gone over so that a termination plan can be put into place and they can then settle the financial documents while also making Brittany feel supported and not subjugated. The court has been told this now since at least 2016 based on records that are now have now been seen by at least someone else. The court knows and it is up to the court to do the right thing. There is no legal reason why the court cannot grant the motion to remove James Spears on the 29th. And I imagine if the court tries to not, that Rosengart will have some very strong words in court. This is chalking up to be a very interesting court hearing. Of course, the public will be able to be inside the courtroom if they line up at the courthouse and are able to get a seat. Reporters will be allowed in. They will be allowed in with pen and paper. No one is allowed to have electronic devices, laptops, or anything like that. No recording devices, of course. So I don't know how much we will know, but we'll know when we know on the 29th. And if you want to keep up with what's going on on the 29th, please make sure to follow me on social media at the Emily D. Baker, because that's where I will be talking about this contemporaneously on the 29th. While I'm at Vid Summit, I will be chatting about this because I at this point, feel deeply invested (laughs) in what happens in this conservatorship. And I think so many of us do. The more information comes out, the more um, horrified I am for Brittany, the more stunned I am by her preservation through this, and the more disappointed and frustrated I am with the system that has let her down. Because justice in a conservatorship is protecting the conservatee And that's not what is happening here. Brittany hasn't been protected. She's been exploited. And it's sad and it's stunning and it's beyond fucked. And it's it's infuriating. So hang in there, Brittany. We're rooting for you. You have a a world of fans of your contemporary celebrities that have been speaking out on your behalf and those that were there before that are waiting for you to be there again. And once you are out from under the control of your father, I think the world hopefully will be a bit of a brighter place for you. No one should be treated the way you've been treated. And the legal system let you down. And on behalf of my entire profession, I am embarrassed about uh, the way that the legal system treated you. So hopefully we will see that starting to turn around on the 29th with a former prosecutor who will not back down. But wait, there's more. And I said there might be. I said... (laughs) when I recorded this, that there would probably be more court documents before this even aired. And there absolutely were. There have been, there has been just a lot of activity in court, mostly fee petitions, but 
Dad Spears's team also filed a second amended response to the petition to yeet, as we are calling it over on the YouTubes, but the petition to remove or suspend James Spears. I went through that over on my YouTube channel, and there will be a link down below if you want to go watch that whole video, but I'm going to give a summary here because it highlights what we've talked about in this episode. So with that, Dad Spears's motion said, no, we should just terminate this immediately. No need for a subsequent conservator. No need for somebody else. Just let's terminate it and asked to go to either mediation or settlement negotiations, which was very, very interesting. It's a very interesting motion, but most of it is just reiterating their previous motions and asking again to just terminate the conservatorship, not to appoint a subsequent conservator of the estate. What I talked about earlier in this episode and what Matthew Rosengart points out in his third supplement to the petition to Yeet is that this issue of the attorney-client privilege is going to be a very big deal. He points it out in a footnote talking about removing James Spears, suspending him immediately as of the 29th of the court hearing, the day this airs. And he says uh, in footnote two, Mr. Spears also presumably knows that when he is suspended, he must turn over the conservatorship files, including purported attorney-client privilege documents to the new conservator. And then he cites numerous cases that say, essentially, a successor fiduciary is the holder of the privilege. That means the conservator of the estate has the attorney-client privilege, not the person who serves that position. The privilege flows with the position, not the individual that holds it. That means every conversation with Black Box, with his lawyers, all of those files would be turned over. And that is a very good thing. We need more eyes on the books and we need to know what was going on. And I want Brittany's legal team to have that. We already know that they have filed interrogatories. They are trying to depose Dad Spears. There are lots of questions that they want answered, and we will see how that goes. I hope that the court will take this up. I hope that the court will grant this motion to suspend. Uh, it's a very strongly worded motion, though not super long. If you want the entire breakdown again, YouTube at the Emily D. Baker will get you there, and it'll be linked below. But this is a, this just comes out, just comes out hot. And it talks about Dad Spears wanting to protect his reputation. Um, it talks about controlling Britney Spears and says, in short, I'm just going to do two quick paragraphs, but says, um, but now the chickens have truly come home to roost in its September 24th, 2021 front page bombshell ex expose entitled Security Firm Secretly Tracked and recorded Spears for years. Even bedroom is said to have been bugged. The Times reported that Mr. Spears engaged in horrifying and unconscionable invasions of his adult daughter's privacy. Specifically, the Times reported that he and others ran an intense surveillance apparatus that monitored Ms. Spears's communications and also evidently captured attorney-client communications with her prior lawyer. It goes on to say even more shockingly, the Times reported that Mr. Spears and his cohorts secretly captured audio recordings from her bedroom, including private communication with her children. They say Mr. Spears has crossed unfathomable lines. Well, they are not evidence. The allegations warrant serious investigation, certainly 
by Ms. Spears as, among other things, California is a two-party consent state, meaning you can't just record people's conversations. They have a right to privacy. It's going to be very interesting to see what the court does. I am nervous about this one. I'm I'm not sure. I worry that Judge Penny will try to punt um, and put things over, and delay is not in Brittany's favor here. I think that what we need is to see James Spears suspended, to have an investigation move forward, and to get that conservatorship file turned over. And I'm interested to see what the court does. So with that, we are we are finally out, and I'm sure there will be more that happens. So go ahead and follow along with me on social at the Emily D. Baker. So all of you raise a glass. Thank you for being here for another episode. May your Wi-Fi be strong. May your toilet paper be plentiful. May your family be well. And may the odds be ever in your favor. Thank you for being a law nerd. Uh, You guys, let's free Britney. Let's get it. Let's get it. The shit's out of the horse. We're not going back now. There's There's no slowing down on this. I'll talk to you in the next one.